Welcome back to this next episode of In the Trenches with the Hernandez and Dorger Law Firm, the Equalizing Justice Team. Today's topic is what to expect in court. I'm joined today with attorney Christine Hernandez and attorney Megan Allgood. So you've hired an attorney and your first court date is approaching. What are some things our audience should know or expect with going into court, not only for the first time, but for each and every time? I would like to hear from both of y'all what your thoughts are. Uh, I guess we could start with attire. Anybody have any comments about attire? Yes, so we've all heard that first impressions matter, and that is especially true in court. Um, You want the judge, the district attorney, the opposing counsel, um, whoever may be involved in your proceeding to take you seriously, and people are not going to respect you as much if you do not respect yourself enough to put yourself in a nice outfit. Um, And so you do not need to come to court decked out in a full suit. That's not necessary. If that's what you wish to do and that's what you're comfortable with, then that's, of course, that's fine, but um, that's not necessary. I would say wear what you would wear Sunday morning to church or any type of other nice event. Um, If you have tattoos, cover them. The last thing you want is somebody giving you a sentence or some type of ruling based on something that does not matter. And so it, it is unlikely that we would have a judge that would judge you by that. Um, But why even risk that? So if you have tattoos, cover them up. Um, What about a belt? Oh, a belt, absolutely. Guys, wear belts with your pants. Um, You were probably taught that in elementary school. Um, It's it's common, well, it's common knowledge, but I guess a lot of us forget about it when we're adults, and especially if you work somewhere where you do not have to have a certain dress. Ladies, no crop tops. I have seen women put out of the courtroom because they're wearing crop tops. Um, So, you know, dress nice, look professional, look respectable. So essentially your Sunday best whenever you're coming into court. You want to put on a best foot forward and you want to be able to be taken as seriously as your charge is taken, correct? Absolutely, but it's not just for criminal cases. It's also for civil cases. If you're going to be in front of a jury... Um, you want to make sure that you are putting forth a, pre- a presentation, that you are put together, that you are credible, that um, because appearances matter. We don't want a jury looking at you and judging your case based on your appearance. For instance, if you came in in blue jeans and you're in a jury trial for a, um, for a civil case and we're getting ready to strike the jury and you have a shirt that's not ironed, and you're wearing blue jeans that have holes in them, then are you really asking the jury to take you that seriously? Because when you look out at the rest of the people that are sitting there, they're going to be dressed khakis, belt, nice shoes, uh, a nice button-down shirt, um, or a dress, or something more appropriate. And you gotta remember, you have to dress for where you are. And I understand that you know not a lot of people have the the funds to pay for a three-piece suit or anything like that but quite frankly you can dress nice and not have to spend a lot of money to do it but you can lose a lot of money in a jury trial with a civil case if the jury's looking at you and judging you based on what you're wearing 
and we just don't want to do that. So are there any suggestions about attire for civil suits since you mentioned losing money? Are there some attire pieces that you probably shouldn't wear that would help you increase the amount of money you could potentially win? Or is it just across the board, just your Sunday best is best to go with? I think it's across the board. It's, it's a Sunday best kind of thing. What we're looking for is a well put together individual and we want you to be taken seriously. Um, we also have cases where we have uh, domestic cases and you're going in front of a domestic judge. Y'all, this ain't the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> we don't go in there with low-cut blouses and uh, spandex and... Crop tops, as crop Megan has mentioned. Yeah, crop tops and blue jeans with holes in them and flip-flops or house shoes. You're going in and you're asking the court to take you seriously and you're asking them to give you a divorce or child custody or grant you visitation or do some, you're asking for some type of relief in these courts and you definitely want the judge to take you uh, seriously. And how you address the court starts with your presentation and it starts the moment you walk in that courtroom. You keep your head held high, you keep your shoulders back, you walk in with confidence of what you're doing. and when you sit down at the table remain silent until you are spoken to um, if the judge is speaking to you definitely answer the judge with a yes sir or no sir or a yes ma'am or a no ma'am that that's respectful and that's what's expected in court um, if your lawyers are talking to you then make sure that you're whispering and not talking extremely loud because of course we don't want the other side knowing what it is that we are talking about um, when you're being when you're on the witness stand and they're talking to you, uh, whether it's your lawyer or someone else, speak clearly so that people can understand you and use, use a complete sentence. When you trail off in a sentence and you say whatever, whatever, or, well, you know, the reality is most of the people in that courtroom don't know. They don't know what you're thinking. They don't know what happened to you unless you're able to tell them. So do you find that that happens a lot where people kind of just say, well, you know, or whatever? Well, I think it happens because people get nervous. So if you're that kind of person and, and you're a little bit nervous, you know, talk to your attorney. Ask your attorney to get you ready for trial. Ask your attorney to sit you down and kind of go through things with you. Um, if you're still unsure, ask again. If you need a little more time, ask again. There's no reason why you should go into court feeling as if you... Are extremely uneasy. Yeah, exactly. So, Megan, do you have anything to add in, in regards to attire and just overall language and presence in the courtroom with judges, with a jury, or any other attorney that may be in there? As far as attire, I would say um, also another thing I thought about is keep away from characters and pajamas. So uh, most of us, that's a given, but if the cookie monster is on your pants, do not wear them to court. Um, also, <laughs> characters on a t-shirt, just a nice plaid button-up or a nice black dress. Keep it simple. Simple is always best. Um, and as far as speaking up in court, I just think the most important thing is do not talk out of line. I bet once or twice a week I see criminal defendants just talk out of line. Um, and, and we understand a, lo a lot of criminal defendants feel like they've been wronged and they feel like they need the judge 
and the ADA and their attorney to know something, but it's very unlikely that it's the time to express that while you're at the podium. So just do not talk out of line. If you feel the need to say something and you haven't been asked a question, you need to whisper it. And like Christine said, whisper very uh, softly. softly to your attorney and see if it's something that's appropriate to talk about at this time. Okay. So is there any kind of language that should or shouldn't be used as far as like daily language goes, slang, those type of things, are those things acceptable within a courtroom or does that kind of just depend on the situation that is going on? Um, I I think it depends because, you know, if you're in a custody dispute and you are on the stand and, and you're trying to express to the judge why you believe you should have custody versus your soon-to-be ex-husband or wife and you are sitting up there and you're using big words that you do not normally use because you instead do not want to have to use slang, you're going to come off as very fake. So I think sometimes it is best to be informal and just be real, but don't be too real. No cuss words. Every once in a while, there is a, I would say there's a time where using a cuss word would be necessary because you're maybe repeating something that was said to you that made you react a certain way or or something. Um, But for the most part, I would say no cuss words. That's probably a pretty good rule of thumb. Are there any, you know, language topics that are uh, mostly applicable to criminals instead of in civil court, or is it pretty much the same across the board anytime you're in a courtroom with a judge? I really think that it's probably the same across the board. One of the one of the things that I remind everybody is that you're a wit if you're a witness in a case, or whether you're a party defendant, a plaintiff, um, or whether you're a criminal defendant, or maybe you're a grandparent seeking grandparents' rights, and so you're a petitioner. In any of those situations listen to the question that's asked. I know that a lot of people have a lot of their story that they want to get out, but generally speaking, it's harder to follow unless we're staying question, answer, question, answer, because that's the routine that's set up for the court. And when you don't answer the question, it makes it really hard to get to the next question and get that information out. And sometimes lawyers get frustrated, judges get frustrated, and even the witnesses get frustrated. So I would just strongly encourage everyone to listen to the question. If you don't understand the question, it's okay to say, I don't, I don't understand what you're asking me, or I'm not sure what it is that you're looking for. Uh, could you repeat the question? Could you say it in a different way? Any of those things are appropriate, and you don't come off as being someone who's uncooperative or anything like that. You, you do come off as trustworthy and wanting to get your story out. And there's going to be times when you're going to be able to tell your story kind of in a narrative, it has to be broken up into pieces. And I think um, following along with the questions and even preparing ahead of time with questions makes things a lot smoother in transition for the witness, the attorney, the judge, and anybody else in the courtroom. So would that also include court reporters who have, uh, as we know, sometimes a little difficult time hearing things that are coming out of people's mouths? Does that you know, do y'all have any pointers on how to help alleviate that other stressor? Oh, yeah. If you are asked a question and you're speaking, it's really hard for a court reporter to get everything typed up the way that it needs to be typed up if there's two people speaking at the same time. So keep in mind that if you're speaking, 
someone else shouldn't be speaking. But if someone else is speaking and you're trying to talk over them, you're going to make it really hard to get your story out because no one can hear it. Um, you have a competing interest with someone else and the court reporter can't get all of your information down or all of the information from the other person that's being explained. So you want to make sure that you give the court reporter an opportunity to get everything typed up the right way because you might need it later. Okay, so Megan, do you have anything to add in regards to that? I would say be sure to speak up. This tends to be an issue with females or just younger witnesses in general. I guess just getting on the stand, it's scary. Yes, and so speak up. Like you said, that court reporter, she has to hear what you're saying. And also, some cases can get emotional. If you are on the stand and you start to cry, there's nothing wrong with just asking for a second. Don't try to talk through your tears because anyone who's ever heard anybody talking while they're crying, it must It's rather difficult to understand. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So just ask for a second, ask for a Kleenex, wipe your tears, and then go on with it. No one's going to be upset or fault you for having to take two or three minutes to let you get yourself together, collect your thoughts, and be able to communicate. Yeah, you can even ask for a break. If you need a break, a lot of times they'll ask the judge or attorneys will ask you to answer the last question that was asked before you take a break, but there's no reason why you can't ask for a break in the middle of your testimony. Take a short break, regather your thoughts, kind of gain your um, composure again, and then go back in, take a few deep breaths, go back in, and have a seat back in that witness chair. Nothing wrong with that. No one's going to say anything about it, and there's no reason why you can't do it. And to top off this topic of language and courtroom presence when speaking, would you say that it would is probably best that you meet with your attorney several times to kind of prep you for what may may come, what curveballs there may be when you are sitting on the stand testifying in open court? Um, Megan, you want to take that one? Yes. So I, I do think it's very important to meet with your attorney um, in advance. There's some cases where that's not a possibility, but for the most part, it is a possibility. And I do think it's very important because there, a lot of people believe that they can just take the stand, say what they want to say, and get off the stand. And that is not at all it. You are answering questions that your lawyer asks you, and then the other side has the ability to ask you questions. And when they're asking you questions and you're answering their questions, you are still under oath. And so there's a there's a very strong likelihood that they're gonna ask you questions that you're not gonna wanna answer, um, but you're gonna have to answer. And so you need to sit down with your attorney in advance so we can figure out how do we wanna answer these questions? How do we wanna go ahead and address any issues that you may have? Because most people have issues. There, it's, it's rare that there's somebody who is 100% right, because if so, we probably wouldn't be in trial. So, you know, most of us are going to have issues, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We just got to figure out how we're going to go about that in trial. And let's do that in, in advance versus having us deal with it in the middle of trial because we're learning it for the first time. Yes, and especially then you'd probably be a little bit panicked whenever those other side is asking you those types of difficult questions that you may or may not want to answer. Right. You know, one of the other things, too, is it's important to tell your attorney about those those things that you're worried about because if you're worried about them 
and you're asked about them in trial and you you haven't talked that over with your attorney your attorney could be blindsided in trial we don't know what's coming if there's something that you're not telling us the worst thing that you can do is just ignore a problem and not tell your attorney about it because inevitably it will come up in trial and it doesn't matter whether it's you testifying or a witness testifying you know if somebody says something on the stand that the lawyers didn't really know anything about they're going to look to you to find out hey what what happened why didn't i know this that kind of thing would you agree absolutely yes well, that's all the time we have for this episode of In the Trenches with the Hernandez and Dorger Law Firm, the Equalizing Justice Team. Stay tuned because we will be posting bi-weekly. No representation is made that legal services performed are greater than the quality of legal services of others. Mm-hmm.